Before we begin, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the class. I've personally taken a few of these classes, and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion, but wanting more. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. I'll see you there. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today for another one of our quarantine edition versions of the Richard Listens Show, where we've committed to you to delivering uh, continued excellence in introducing you to leaders in the field of sports psychology and mental skills. And today we will not disappoint. We will go into a topic of uh, transitions and we are going to include what happens to athletes after you retire, something that, that does not usually fit into our dreams uh, when we're younger about becoming an athlete, making it to the league, and the glamour that goes associated with it. So, But it's a reality that, that all athletes need to face in considering what happens to the rest of your life, which is a, a longer extended period, probably longer than your playing career. So uh, I hope you've gotten uh, to check out my Patreon page. Uh, please uh, don't be shy. Uh, we have uh, $3, $5, $10 membership plans where you can get advanced content uh, from our shows and clips of recent shows sent to you before they're released to the general public. And as always, please check us out on Instagram at Richard Listen. Send us your ideas for upcoming shows, topics of interest, or questions you have for previous guests so we can connect you and grow your network and continue to add value to your lives. Without further ado, my guest today is Lorinda Phillips. Her company is Retired From Sports and she's gonna do more justice than I can to the assessments she offers and the ways in which she provides a balanced, full life perspectives for athletes looking at the next chapter, how well prepared are they, where do they need tuning up. And Lorinda, welcome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, welcome back, and thank you for having me on the show. I'm very excited <laughs> to be here. You're welcome, and uh, as, as is the new life of uh, Zoom and distance-based recordings while we still are locked out of our studio, we thank you for your patience in navigating uh, the various 
apps and uh, features to, to make this happen today. So thank you for your flexibility. Where are you joining us from today? I'm in Pismo Beach, California. Um, it's about 10 miles from San Luis Obispo and about, oh, I'd say about maybe 1,500 feet from the beach. And how's everyone uh, managing up there? I mean, is, is it being close to nature helping uh, through this? Yeah, madness? I mean, really, everybody's take, it's just amazing. Uh, the hotels are empty. The parking lots are empty. Uh, just every once in a while, I'll see someone walking his or her dog. Uh, but pretty much everybody's been holding uh, firm with the sequestering, which I'm happy to report that. So I'm, I'm glad that, you know, there's very few cases. And I think that uh, in, uh, in this area, and I think it'll be that way if we just all adhere to the rules for a bit, even though we don't want to. <laughs> you know, I like how you use the term sequester because, you know, that's like the term they use uh, for a jury. Right. Um, and and I, now I'm going to look up in my, my dictionary, the actual, because whenever you would like think about going on jury duty, and I know some people are like really patriotic and great civil servants, but, you know, and, and want to be on a long-term jury. But whenever I'd be working in a hospital or something like that, to hear that I might get pulled away and be sequestered for weeks or months was terrifying. Yeah. So the fact that like collectively as a country we're doing this is, is pretty impressive. Uh, yeah. And I know it, it is a source of, of conflict for a lot of people. I know I was out in my neighborhood this morning and a runner came down the street and uh, I don't think she felt my neighbor gave her enough birth. And so as she ran by, the, the middle finger went up. So there's, there's this weird social communication going on about trying to stay active and healthy and yet um, respect the social distancing rules. So, it's right from a social psychology perspective and yes exactly exactly I, and i think it's a time for us to pause too i mean it's kind of a forced pause but um i think in many ways it's a good thing uh you know we're just constantly rushing so uh you know there's not a lot of rushing going on now <laughs> so, that's right yeah that's right yeah you, in, in a way it forces you to be slow and to sit with yourself and uh, yeah. I was, I was joking, my personal experience, I mean, I had a, you know, a, a fever for a week and thank goodness it didn't oh, have goodness. any other symptoms. Yeah. So and I'm really lucky to have, uh, you know, supportive family and things like that. And, uh, and then because I was weak in the recovery, I twisted an ankle and, and, and banged up my elbow. So it's pretty funny when, when you cannot move, when, you know, this goes, I'm sure we can tie into athletes with injuries. When you sure. really cannot move or it takes a lot of strength to perform movement, um, it really, first off, focuses on your, your patience and your breath. And then it also just affords an opportunity of stillness. Uh, I got to really spend a lot of time uh, seated, appreciating nature around me and the environment, uh, becoming, yes. becoming much more mindful uh, of my place in, in, in nature and just there's so much beauty around me. And that, that really helped uh, to keep the focus on what I could control within my day. Yeah. Very good. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about uh, retired from sports, how, what motivated and inspired you? I know you've shared uh, stories with me to go on this journey and I know you can't tell us specific athletes are out there, but we understand you're across a variety of uh, sporting platforms now. And right. um, what's exciting for you about 
the direction that this is taking? Well, first of all, those are great questions. Um, first of all, I got inspired when I was in the dentist office of all things about two years ago. And there was an, a copy of a, a Sports Illustrated that talked about Pablo Torres's article that he wrote in 2009. Okay, so it's a, it was an article about an article. And it said that 78% of all NFL players have financial stress or declare bankruptcy within two years after retirement. So I saw that and I thought, well, am I upset because I'm going to go to the dentist's chair pretty soon? Or am I upset about this statistic? And I thought about it and I couldn't, and, and I have had been a coach, business coach for 20 years. So I'm a master's degree in it. You know, I, I'm, I'm really committed to having people improve their lives. So I, I couldn't quite believe that 78%. That's a lot of folks. And um, at first I kind of thought, oh, they probably, that's probably wrong. But then I started doing some investigating and I, I, I did some of my own research and I found out that that's pretty much the truth of it. And, um, and there's, a re there's reasons for it. And I also did some more research like, well, well then what's happening? If these guys that I think are making a lot of money and then are declaring bankruptcy two years after retirement, what, it, that's a huge gap. So um, I found out that they make more, less money than they think they are. Because you probably uh, know this, Richard, but they, you know, they don't play as long as they think they are, and they make that those first few checks, you know, in the season, and they think, oh my goodness, you know, this is my lifestyle. I used to make fifteen dollars an hour. Now I'm making, you know, a paycheck of thirty k. So it's it's you know it's quite a gap, and they're young people, and they just, you know, they're not thinking the first thing they're going to do is put it in the bank mostly. You know, they just don't do that. I work with those middle guys, those middle non-marquee players that, you know, do get a good uh, contract. They do make a good money initially, but they don't, they don't play as long, as I said. They often don't play as long because they have health issues. They have broken whatevers. They have sprained ankles. They have men meniscus problems, whatever it is. They've got issues and they are... Um, on the injury list and then they don't get better and they're taken off that list and then they're released. Um, yeah, most, most of the leagues, they get, the contracts are non-guaranteed, right? Or In NFL, they're non-guaranteed. Um, although, you know, all the, other com all the other leagues have trouble as well, but they're usually guaranteed contracts. Um, and they, you know, they don't sign guys, middle guys for too long of contracts. So, Pretty much, they all end up at the same place, kind of broke. Um, and also, like, they lose a lot of things, Richard. They, they lose their money. Uh, they don't have the money they thought they were going to have. I, I'd rather say it that way. They lose their purpose, their identity and role. Um, they, they don't know. They, they lose their structure. Even Colby Bryant said that was going to be a, a, a challenge for him. Um, when he retired because he was so used 20 years of going to the same place, doing the same thing every day. Um, and so these guys lose that as well. Um, and the, the, and the role and the, and the fans, you mentioned that earlier in the program, you know, the, the raging fans there that's lost. Nobody's, you know, clapping at them as they're getting out of bed in the morning. Um, 
So it's a, it's a whole shift. And again, they were always the best at what they did, right? And, and now they're kind of sitting on the sofa with, the, with the, their, um, you know, with the clicker in their hands, as my husband would call it. Uh, so mm -hmm. I, you know, I, um, I, I got, when I got more and more involved in this, I, I just, it broke my heart, actually. It really, it really did. I, um, as again, I do help people develop. And these guys are the best in the world at what they did. <laughs> and, and for just a short time and very young, it just seemed to me like such a, I don't know what, was it Sisyphus with the wings? I was, some, you know, they got, he got too close to the sun and then mm -hmm. it just melted and, and he fell to the ground. That's what I feel like these guys are suffering is, um, yeah, that is that. And because they're kicked to the side, released, they're not utilized. Like they have a lot of talent and they're not utilized for what's next. So, um, and I just think that that's a shame uh, given that they're leaders and they're mostly um, leaders at a very young age. So 22, 26, they're pretty sophisticated in team, individual, 120%, um, you know, going, doing everything they can to get their goals uh, and, and learning game plans, very flexible learning game plans right away. So I just, um, I think this group of guys uh, could be our future leaders and they, some of them are, uh, but I think feel more could be. So there's the... That's why I wanted to do it. That's why I continue wanting to do it. Yeah, um, I think you have a chance. The best, the best thing that could come out of all of this is that you could give a great name to dentistry. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, no longer will it be sports psychology, but in the dentist chair, <laughs> tremendous <laughs> profound awareness can come to you. And we, we won't, we won't inquire whether or not it was, you know, Anastasia induced. Right. But, no, no, no. It was a root canal, though. <laughs> but. <laughs> But at any rate, it's, uh, thank you for that levity. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, anyway, and I, um, I a point, to just a point of clarification for you sure. for the conversation. Um, uh, Icarus is the gentleman who, who the Greek God who flew right. too close to the sun. Uh, Sisyphus is probably a great metaphor for the work you're doing because he, uh, I believe oh, was the one who pushed the stone up the hill. He for pushed the rock eternity. up the hill. Yes, thank you. I get my Greek mythology all confused. So thank you so very much. Thank you um, for bringing it in. You know, it shows I learned something in advanced yeah, literature. And I do too. Great. <laughs> I do too. So, um, yeah, and why, uh, why also why it's so important is I think that these guys are our future leaders. You know, I'm on LinkedIn now a lot and I'm in different social media uh uh, and I see more and more uh, former athletes taking on um, projects in their community. So they do a lot of uh, philanthropic work. They, uh, and, and it's all over the map. And some of the guys aren't very well known. Some of them are well known. And, but a lot of them aren't. They're just guys, you know, that came from a particular community. And they see that that's something they want to do. So, um, yeah, they're just natural leaders uh, for me. And uh, let's see, what else to say about that? Um, and I and they're just under underutilized. 
is yeah my point. Yeah. So so how you know how have you found you know the opening? Are are athletes now becoming more aware at this generation um, that they have you know your career post uh, post sports career is is gonna you know that it needs to be clarified and understood and that they need support along that way um is there that awareness just kind of pervasive uh throughout agents and teams and leagues or do you still find it to be um that someone has to hit a degree of like you said sitting on the on the couch and hitting rock bottom or i think it hasn't yeah it's a good question i think that it hasn't um it hasn't made a great impact on them yet that yes there are guys that uh there's a couple of things that are addressing that one is that you know if you've had a background of support um like your your folks are saying no you know this is great so great that you're playing for the patriots um but you know let's let's have start a savings account like like an adult in the mix of it some agents are also starting to provide that for the players um, but it's still not happening to the vast majority of the guys um, because they're just the ones I've talked to, obviously they're coming to me for help. Right. But the ones I've talked to, they're just like shocked that it was so fast um, and that they're almost uh, broke. The, the, the loss of money or the, the change of identity or all of it. All of it. It's kind of, they don't know. Well, that's the money. And then it's like, well, what else am I going to do, Lorena? I don't know what to do. Kind of like that. And it's um, a little bit how I was. I don't know about you, but how I was after college, you know, and I had an English degree. <laughs> I thought, well, I don't want to teach. What, what am I doing? So I was a bit lost too at about 22 years old, but I didn't have a house or I didn't have the, you know, I, I hadn't, I had, squeaked up financially and i was with a bunch of other people at school as a senior not knowing what i was going to do and the vast majority of, of kids didn't know what they wanted to do either right and i it's just that these guys are in a position of kind of a, a, a pseudo status in a way in terms of life and and yet they were the best. They made more money than their uh, contemporaries. You know, they're out, outside of sports. Um, but it, it doesn't last long. And that particular status, that particular identity doesn't last long either. Um, so it's... Um, yeah, you really, you yeah, really it, hit it. I mean, it's a combination of so many things because now I'm, I'm flashing back to myself that, I mean, I tell people all the time that at 21 years old, graduating college, I remember my parents came to University of Florida, my graduation, I sent them away and I stayed there with like completely terrified, having no plan, no idea of what was right. next. Just kind of similar to what we're doing right now. Just if you stay still, something will come to you. And, and, uh, and I can't imagine, and as scary as that was, and for most uh, Americans who could come out of college and then have this pressure to figure it out, and to know what's right, next. right. All of a sudden, grow up. Uh, there's not this kind of this gradual process of take your time and explore. I mean, maybe people have that more built in now in this generation of taking gap years and things like that. But for right. someone who's an athlete who came out of college, and I work with with players who come out and 
then they, they're just now realizing two, three years, four years out of college that they didn't even study maybe what they really wanted to study. Like they studied what would fit their job as an athlete. They, they studied that was something that would balance in with the, especially division one, the schedules uh, uh, that they have yeah. and the time that they need to keep. So the demands are just, just really immense. And, and, and you hear stories from football players and people like that, these division one programs where they're, you know, even when you're in an injury protocol, they're, they're really uh, keeping you moving towards playing and the pressures oh. and intensity is just so high that yeah. I can't imagine to have finally made it, you know, to the league or, or to a level where you're making money and then you are able to provide that to family and friends. You become a provider and then to lose that. Um, it's like multiple, you know, when we deal as psychologists is talk about grief. Most people think, well, well, grief has to be, you know, the loss of a, a, a loved one. But grief as an athlete is also your loss of identity, loss of a role. And, and you're talking about multiple compound losses all happening kind of at the same time, not just the financial money in your, in your bank account and in your, in your pocket, but you, everything that, whether or not you love the identity, uh, the identity fueled the rest of, you know, how important you are, how you provide for other people or a type of lifestyle you were able to attain where now maybe you feel like there's something wrong with you because you cannot, uh, you know. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, uh, fly at the same I, heights. Yeah. 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 I talked to uh, a, a gal called me about a year and a half ago and she said, I, I, I heard that you're, it was a friend of a friend of a friend. And I heard uh, that you help athletes transition. She said, I don't know exactly what that is. Um, but my husband has not left the sofa in several months since he's been, has been released. He was an NFL player. So I took him a while, but he did call me and we talked. It, it just took a while to pick up the phone. But then, um, you know, he, I said, now, at some point in our conversation, I said, just tell me, let it all go. Just tell me other than sports, what has been your dream other than, and maybe it was when you were a kid. And he said, well, what I really wanted to do when I was a kid is I wanted to be a judge. And I said, great. I said, so how much college have you had? So he's like, you're not, you're not laughing at me. I said, no, I, let's, let's move ahead and see what we need to do to get you to that dream. And he, he was like, he couldn't believe, mostly because he couldn't believe it for himself that he could do this. And it was just really a kind of a basic question. I just wanted to know where our starting point was, right? Um, and anyway, he, uh, I can, he did not know, uh, he did, did go to school, uh, college. He did not know where he finished off. I connected him with a school counselor that's, um, you know, on staff uh, as a contractor and connected those two. Within a couple of weeks, he knew exactly what he needed. He knew exactly what school to go to where the NFL could help him. Um, and uh, he is, all, I think in June, of course, this whole pandemic is changing everything, but he was scheduled to um, graduate in June and he was already studying for his LSAT. So it's, it's, you know, that cost him probably, I can't even remember, something like five or $600. And it got him unstuck. He's just, it was just a pivot, as, as you probably know. Sometimes in coaching, it's just like a pivot. And then he's fine because he's already a self-motivator. 
he could already do it. He just was lost in the weeds there. And I think it really was a major identity problem. So that's just a, one story of helping somebody that didn't take a lot of time. And yes, he's got to invest a lot of time in what his future is. But so what? That's just going to be a couple of years and then he'll, he'll be off and running and what he wants to do. So there's that. Um, the other thing I, I wanted to mention in this is that where I see the best, the most advanced advancement is when I'm working with guys that are, um, sorry, that, that are already playing, that are currently playing, because then they can leverage themselves. And what I mean by that is they go to parties and they go to the different fundraisers and they got to do things that they need to do as part of their um, responsibility. And, you know, they're, they first go in and they're looking at the girls and seeing what alcohol there is. And, you know, they're partying. They're young. They want to party. And, um, you know, I give them assignments like, okay, you're going to go to this and this and this um, uh, event in the next couple months. Yep. Okay. So I want in each of those, I want you to find two or three influencers that will be at that party that once you decided what you want to do, you know, like kind of a, get an idea, then find those influencers that can help you um, in, be introduced to the other people in the community that can help you. So I have to kind of talk about networking for them, like business networking. And then help them with scripts if that's what's needed, and then live and have them live in a promise to do that. I'm not saying not enjoy yourself. I'm just saying let's get uh, let's let's divide that time in half and start planning for what's next. And I think that many of them have never even given it a thought, Richard, about what's next. They just haven't given it a thought. Now many have. You know they've started seven plans they've but but a lot of the guys haven't and i think it's because there might be fear i'm not sure what it is but i well one thing with the nfl i think particularly ah, every sport is there's a bubble you know <laughs> there's a bubble around the athlete and it includes their coaches their past coaches the agents the all the people that are that sport including their families you know going all those years to see games it's a whole thing about being successful and I think they just don't want to get out of that and 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 people don't tell them for the most part they don't give them a reality check for the most part so um, that's one of the things I think that I do in the beginning you know often people say well how do you start you know, I really kind of let them know and I use numbers and I use, you know, it, um, stories so that they can kind of get, oh gosh, I see where I am right now. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's hard. It's, it's hard, but I do feel like it's my job. And then eventually there's an opening that makes it not hard and they don't resist. It seems like everyone these days is trying new workout systems. Some people go to the gym, others may run, but I've recently discovered a great in-home method that is absolutely amazing. I'm taking in-jitsu classes online where I'm being trained and pushed in real time by top MMA fighters straight from the octagon. Injitsu.com provides real-time classes so you can get a top-notch workout from the comfort of your own home. These classes are absolutely going to sell out. So head over to injitsu.com slash Richard Listens 
to get your first class for free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash Richard Listens. Protecting your child's teeth is important in any sport. That's why Impact Dental Designs has put so much thought into their state-of-the-art mouth guards, protecting athletes in youth sports all the way up to advanced MMA fighters and champions. And the best part is you can customize your own design for your own creative and fun mouth guard. So head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash Richard Listens. And if you purchase now, you get a free customized design and 20% off your order. That's what I would yeah, say. Yeah, well, that's it. That's that. exactly the moment that we're all looking for, right? Is this moment of opening, whether we be... Uh, sports psychology consultants on the sideline and working with the team and you certainly can't I mean you can engage all the players and try and build rapport but you certainly cannot force them to want to take uh, their work to another level and um, uh, my my show that we recorded earlier this week which should be coming out uh, hopefully by Monday April the 6th I have the date correctly, which I hope uh, you'll get to listen to. I had a dear friend of mine. He's an ESPN anchor right now, Kevin Connors, uh-huh. on the show. And, and, and I was pretty amazed because, you know, in engaging him and, and in, in my thought process, you know, projecting onto him as, as a friend that I've known since childhood and knowing that he always did the announcements and was a basketball player. And, and we think, well, you know, we, we say, well, these athletes or these, these performers have made it to the pinnacle. They've made it. To the, to the, you know, to the highest right. level. Right. But, when, but when we project that onto someone, well, we don't, we don't leave room for the fact that, well, what's, what's their next level after they make that next level? Um, just because you're a, you know, a Hall of Fame quarterback or just because you were the best in your conference or at your college, you could, you know, and now you make the league. And, and like you said, maybe now you're middle tier or maybe you play basketball and you're a 10 day contract guy or uh, a, G League right. guys, so right. th- now that doesn't mean that that's not amazing and incredible. It just may mean that life may show you that you have another next level that you want to create for yourself. Um, and that 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 moment of crisis, perceived crisis or struggle, is is what births the new experience. If you allow support in, if you allow creativity in, at that moment. Yes. Yeah. I, it's really well said. Um, and it's the, it's also what, you know, just exactly what you said, while they're playing, if they can get themselves into starting to create the next step, starting to create what's next, I think that definitely helps with the gap of the transition once they get to it, because they've already invested in some things, they've already. Um, kind of come to terms with that it's going to happen. Um, and the guy, by the way, the guys that I have worked with, s- some people have said, oh, we don't want the guys to know about this stuff because it will affect their playing. And I kept saying to myself and to some of the coaches, you know, yeah, I understand that point of view, but I have another point of view, which is if they know that they have steps in the, another direction when they're released, don't you think that would give them peace of mind and they could even give more to the game? So that's my thinking about it. And, uh, you know, I haven't been able to convince that many judges, uh, sorry, uh, coaches, but 
um, I really do believe that. Like if they feel like they're like they're not going to be fall off a cliff, um, if they are thinking about that, they don't have to. And so, the, so I, I just don't believe that it's a zero sum game. I guess is what I'm saying is that they can do take care of their future, at least starting some seeds with that, and be just the best they can be, uh, whether it's on the ice or the court or the uh, the field. So that's the other thing. I, I um, these guys are highly competitive, right, Richard? They, they, they're like, you know, That's they right. want to win. And I want to have them win in life. Um, so that's why I want to start just as soon as I can with them. And I, I work with guys, uh, it's about 50-50 in terms of who I've worked with. So some former, some current. And um, no, but there was only one that really didn't, wasn't very successful. And that's because he really didn't do the work. And, you know, um, they got it. And I'm very clear about that in the beginning, that they do have to do the work that's required to get them. But I can help them. I can nudge them. I can, you know, I can ask questions so that they can elicit whatever they need to um, out, you know, out in, in the relationship. And yeah, they're all doing pretty well. It's, I'm, and it, it doesn't surprise me. I, you know, the coaching I did for 20 years with the business owners, same thing. Um, and I started in the very, very beginning uh, coaching um, executives because that's who I sold to. I was in sales before that. And so they're like, what's this coaching stuff? You know, this was a long time ago. And uh, they're like, I'm like, yeah, this is what we could do. And so coaching really works. And, um, and the, they, it worked for the executives, it worked, it worked for the business owners, and now it works for the athletes. Um, and it doesn't take a lot of time, and it doesn't take a lot of money. Um, yeah, so that, that's what yeah, I Yeah, I like that you highlighted a few things there. One is, you know, if you just, you know, have the desire and create the opening, uh, a lot of change and support can come in to yes. get some of these areas of, of balance uh, into your life that can help sustain whatever you money you make over the long run. Because what I've learned a lot in business and took nobody taught me growing up was that, you know, it's not how much you make, but it's, it's, can you learn how to manage your money and use your money? So you're not wasting money. Even yeah. a lot of our uh, right. business, business experts we've had on during this crisis have talked about the first thing you should be doing is like kind of taking a stock of your expenses, looking at areas of waste, looking at, so, um, these are ways to, to have your money do more for you. So giving that kind of education to an athlete, like you said, you touched on it. These are high performers. These are competitive people. They want to win at life. So, uh, it takes somehow tapping into those emotional areas that learning how to manage your money, learning how to be balanced and take care of yourself first, which is really hard when you have a lot of people depending on you but learning how to do it on your own terms and learning how to think about things that you enjoy and that you choose to do rather than, you know, an athlete who was just kind of didn't even feel like they had a choice about playing football. Like somebody said, you're, you know, you're, you're six, yep. two, you're six, two, two, 80 in eighth grade. You're, that's not a great feeling when you look back and go, man, I haven't made these choices for me. Um, so even though it's really scary to stay in that place and really uncomfortable because 
you know, everyone expects you and maybe expect yourself to have all the answers. Again, it's this place of great creativity of allowing the support system, of allowing um, people to help you fill in the gaps of areas that might be weak. Yeah, very good. I think it's his first name is Michael Gladwell. Is, is it Michael? Uh, Richard, Malcolm. 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 Thank you, Malcolm. Malcolm Gladwell. You know, he talked about that, about, um, you know, how sometimes guys, they're, uh, or girls too, but guys mostly, uh, they're older, a little bit older. They, they start, I think he had a whole, um, oh, I hate this when I do this and I bring something up and I not got the whole story. Um, I think it was hockey that he, that he uh, focused on and how the hockey players, some of the hockey players that were a little bit older in the same class of age were so much better and, and because they were bigger. And so that the, the, the fact that they were a tad bit older, a tad bit bigger, they got sort of put into this grouping, just as you've said. And, um, and I didn't talk about whether they liked it or didn't like it, just that that's where they went. Like that that's kind of what, how it turned out. And I think that these guys, these are, many of these guys are big or tall, right? Or both. And I think that uh, you bring out a very big, good point maybe they didn't have the, the say in the matter, like get a real choice on it. And also, again, going back to identity, they've, they've identified with themselves, sometimes Pop Warner, you know, sometimes 10, 12, 13 years old. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a hard uh, change. For and them. even earlier, and even earlier, if your parent was an athlete or involved in right. sports or developed it can be a cultural thing. Like I think the study you're mentioning, Malcolm Gladwell, may have been based out of Minnesota or Canada, where I've seen Eric Lendro speak at the um, Association for Sports Psychology's uh, annual conference. I mean, it, in Canada, being a hockey player and, you know, if you see those yeah. dates early in the year and you say big in strength, I mean, it, it has a great deal of meaning to your community, to your culture, to your, you know, country. So yeah, that's exactly uh, right. Yeah. Same thing with a lot of areas of the country, uh, you know, Texas and football. And uh, I've been able to get connected here in Los Angeles, some of the, the you know, high school level basketball. And, and it's just, it's a next level. It's, it's, you know, some of these schools have college type programs being run uh, in terms of, you know, access and support. But it's also, you know, this, this, this ability, like you said, if, if it's being, conditioned or anything that comes from the outside uh, is not what leads to a lot of uh, internal motivation and happiness over the long run. Yeah. Uh, maybe in the short run, because like you said, right. there can be a lot of uh, external rewards. And I know they, they, they highlighted a recent 30 for 30 on Michael Vick and, you know, some of the conflict oh, there, you know, when you grow I watched up, that. Yes. Yeah, when you grow up in the public eye and you haven't quite worked out things internally and your decisions are, projected and and uh, every every decision or ability is is critiqued publicly it's it's very harsh so having spaces with a sports psychologist um or the company such as yours where you, where you can kind of safely retreat into evaluation uh it sounds really 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 healthy um to making this transition a little bit of an extended process uh but also one that's done with you know caring hands um yeah. that help guide the, the athlete inward 
So that's my question for you. Tell me a little bit. I know in your site you offer an assessment. Um, what kind right. of work do you do to help athletes uh, self-gauge? It's interesting you talked about budgeting. So there's a couple of things. There's, I've got things kind of divided into threes. The first is uh, assessments. I ask them to take assessments. We really have several sessions on what is it that they want to do? What are their strengths and talents? We also, in that period of time, we take a look at their money. So I'm very, um, I, I do that with my business owners. It's, uh, you know, it's kind of the score of business. So I, I feel that it's the score for these guys in their future. Um, I, and then we work on purpose and role and what, you know, what they're responsible for um, in taking that role on. So that's a, that's a whole area. Then another area is once we get clear about what they're interested in, there might be three or four things they're really interested in, um, we create a game plan. So I help them do that and uh, it, it will include research, it will include you know, steps to doing things, steps to introducing themselves to influencers, um, scripts. Um, it's, there's a lot of work in it, but uh, those are the step-by-step -step things that I, that I felt were important for them to move through the transition. So, um, and in fact, that's what's happening. So it's kind of a step-by-step, -step, but it's a plan. Um, so then the other, the last thing is, uh, then I help them execute the plan if they need that. Some guys come to me and they really do know what they want to do, but they don't have a good plan. Some have a kind of a good plan. They know what they want to do. They kind of have a good plan, but they've been attempting to do it, attempting to do it and can't. So then it's really kind of the coach approach that I got my master's in that I can help them execute that plan. Um, sometimes uh, they need help, right? They need help outside of me. I am not a therapist. I, uh, given I got a master's in my coaching, I'm very clear what therapy is versus coaching. Uh, once I feel like uh, what they need is more of a therapy therapist, then I uh, recommend them to uh, people that I know. Um, so there's that, there's all that in that beginning part too. You know, like what is their need and how can I help them? Some don't know, uh, you know, they don't have any business etiquette. So none, because they haven't, they haven't been there. They're right out of college, for instance. They don't have any business etiquette, but they kind of want to get into business. So I help them with that. I've trained really hundreds of people. I probably had over 1500 clients, you know, in that 20 time period. And so there's, you know, I just help, I listen. It's like, I, I should I should take your Richard listens and put Lorinda <laughs> listens. Um, I really listen, even though I'm doing a lot of talking here. There's I really listen to what I feel is their strengths, and I have strength finders. I have uh, Enneagram. I, I've got a se several assessments, um, and you might be able to help me with those too, uh, on how I can kind of assess where they are. Um, and uh, yeah, that's and those sort of, that's sort of the process. And the big, big thing too in the execution of the plan is they're going to hit breakdowns. They're just going to, they are going to. And it's important for me to kind of be there to re remind them that they're really, can't, I mean, it sounds cliche, but it's so true. They're not going to get through, through to a breakthrough without that breakdown. They're just not. Um, I, I bet this pandemic is going to have all kinds of breakthroughs 
out of this enormous breakdown that is for humanity. I've done this for a long time and I just see that people, if they do the same thing over and over again, you know, they're not going to go anywhere. They're not going to change. You know, it really, it really makes me think we should be offering uh, some panels or things like that, bringing on different experts in different fields uh, during this pandemic to really, to really put resources out there because it's such an opportunity for learning, yes, uh, and expanding and, and reaching out. Uh, so, you know, I'm wondering if something we can do something creative. Um, It'd be great opening the access up. So, um, I think you, you've triggered my brainstorming after that. And you've also highlighted, uh, you know, an area where I think sports psychologists and, and, and consultants and generally are needed or, or maybe during this transition after sports. It may not just be while an athlete is playing. Right. Uh, oh, I know. And that's where you guys have been focusing. Yeah, totally. Because you, yeah. you focus on performance, right? I mean, that's right. A lot of people ask me, oh, you know, like when I look at who, you know, my, my caseload is, you know, a lot of times it's, people who've entered business and they were, they were collegiate athletes and they, the same areas that, that may have felt where they felt uh, stuck performance wise, or they felt they underachieved are showing up later on in their relationship or in business. So yeah. it's pretty interesting, the parallels to me, yet they still think and operate uh, like an athlete. And so it's, it's, pretty fascinating. I mean, it's such a in integral part of the identity and we don't want to take away all those, you know, the, the habits, the work ethic, the, um, you know, the amazing achievements uh, and, and commitment and things that have really built in mental toughness and, and, and yeah. focus and all those routines, which a lot of people never take the time and energy to develop, you know, so utilizing those in a different way and helping them to see that they can be that person in business they mean they may have skills they need to learn that doesn't mean that everything they are uh isn't already set them up uh for greatness yeah 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 there's there's definitely holes uh but just like all of us you know there's there's always some work to do and um i just love getting my hands on <laughs> so like, yeah. like oh my god we're going well you to said it you said together. it right there. You, you know you like lit the light bulb in my head you know you said that, that you are a coach and your job is to help athletes create a plan and uh we had um recent guests who <laughs> giving away all my my tidbits of my upcoming shows but but howard <laughs> falco who works with golfers and um, athletes uh, all across the NFL and, and, and Major League Baseball came on uh, about his book, I Am, and he shared, you know, about really getting closer to what your goals are. So yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, helping people, it seems like the theme that, I, that I'm picking up on right now is having a goal, getting a plan. If, if you know, right, you can have a dream, you can have a vision of who you'd like to be, uh, but that's mm -hmm. not enough. You know, having an executable plan right, that you right. can track and feel good about just like you would hitting the weight room, you know, getting stronger, uh, meeting certain performance goals on the field. You just need new metrics. Maybe you need new, uh, tracking systems. So, uh, I'm glad you're out there, Lorenda. And Thank you. so tell us, uh, in closing, um, uh, most of your handles see uh, social media seem to be under retired from sports. Uh, I see you have uh, courses and you have blogs. So uh, let us know uh, how to get a hold of you and how people can learn more should they be interested. 
Okay, great. Um, uh, I've got two things I can let you know about, well, three things. Um, my website is www.retiredfromsports.com. Pretty obvious. Uh, the other thing is that, um, and if you go to that site, there's two things there. One, you can get the ebook for free, you know, just uh, give me your email address. I'll send it. The other thing is I've got like a, a, a ready, a, a retirement ready assessment. Like how ready are you for us? for retirement and it's a 10 question thing it's very easy to get through but and then i'll give you like okay you're at 70 percent. this is what you should work on right so that it's an easy thing and i it gets people started thinking about it the other thing is um and then the other uh thing that i have is um okay so the the book the oh the assessment the assessment the book and the site website um, and then I have all, all everything is like retired from sports. So whatever it is, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, Facebook, and Instagram. So all, all four of those. And that's what, the, you know, that's what I do. Um, uh, and, and I'm available at all of those sites. So you can, you know, you can uh, message me. And then the other thing is my phone number. My phone number is area code 310-310-413-8636. And uh, you can text or, or call either one. And you're looking for athletes across all domains? Yeah, all domains. In fact, I also just picked up somebody from the um, XFL. So NFL, oh, awesome. NFL, NHL, uh, MLB, and NBA, and then the uh, XFL. Oh, what a unique position the XFL players are in with getting new opportunities or, uh, and uh, hopefully redefining themselves. So I hope the league continues. And I got to check out our LA Wildcats. And yeah, I did too. About... I talked to, to uh, Moss, Mr. Moss, um, Winston Moss, and his daughter, and mm -hmm. they they were very positive about uh, what I wanted to achieve. So I've oh, been able great. to. You well, know, that would be fun. That'd be fun to catch a game together. Yeah, we were gonna uh, do a, do an interview with a player on the field, their linebacker, who's uh, apparently done some stuff on ESPN. But uh, oh, great. fortunately, they had to postpone the season. Right. So, like everything else, uh, <laughs> that that goal, that opportunity will be suspended in the future. But it's good. It gives you something to look forward to. It's like a little little a little gift. Be yeah, waiting. and a pause in the middle of all of it. I mean, really, really, we are crazy. We are running around like crazy, and including me. I mean, not, yes. I don't have magic wand on myself at all. A pause but, for um, safety, a pause really, for mental health. Right, and to let what's important. I just think it's so important to do. So, I mean, we're doing it. What the heck? We're doing uh, it, and we know, we know as, you know, business owners, coaches, therapists, it's not something we do well. We do not slow down self-care as much as it's talked about I yeah. think by nature as a trade that we are keyed into taking care of others before of our, ourselves, and that's our own performance mechanism or taking yeah. on the, the, the pain or emotions of others. So learning how to step back, reflect, and look at our own goals for our practices, for our work the clients we already have is a is a healthy self inventory for areas of our own self-care which are out of balance what have we been ignoring uh, where could we use some more support uh, whether it be with you know, daily meditations uh, for professionals right now I think headspace is free during the uh, crisis so getting on there even five minutes a day and learning how to train yourself not to listen or adapt your negative thoughts very powerful and impactful 
So uh, I encourage you, yeah, if you need tips or want to bounce ideas off me, um, available Facebook, Instagram, chat, and uh, usual respond to all uh, DMs. Yeah. So let, let's keep the engagement going and uh, adding value to one another and supporting the individuals we care about. If you feel that uh, I can be of support to you in my practice, please uh, don't hesitate to reach out. My website, richardlistens.com, yep. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Richard Listens. And uh, although, as uh, Lorenda's pointed out today, uh, sometimes I need to, so, you know, I had this morning, Richard moderates, uh, you know, and uh, Richard reflects. So, we're, you know, I'm trying to learn on some different, different skill sets here uh, during the crisis. But thank you uh, to our guest today, Lorinda Phillips, and her company, Retired From Sports. Uh, we thank you uh, for tuning in. Again, please go to our Patreon page, check it out, uh, sign up, subscribe, support where you can. And uh, we'll be back uh, delivering weekly shows uh, at the minimum throughout the crisis. So we appreciate you uh, sharing this with uh, one or two of your friends or family members if it's interesting to you. And please give us a shout out if uh, you'd like topic heard or discussed or if you have questions for Lorenda from today. Thank you again for, ever tuning, for tuning in. I'm Richard Listens and I'm out. I'm a big fan of MMA sports. It's rough and elegant at the same time. I think my number one fear of stepping into a ring like that would be protecting my teeth. Luckily, the guys over at Impact Dental Designs have created an amazing mouth guard that is state of the art. These mouth guards are currently being used by some of the best MMA fighters, but even better, they can be tailored to any sport. Football, hockey, boxing, soccer, the list is endless. Head over to impactdentaldesigns.com slash richardlistens to get 20% off your order and a free customized design for your mouth guard. Lastly, I'd like to proudly mention our sponsor, Injitsu.com, providing remote at-home training from some of the world's top MMA fighters. These classes are not pre-recorded. These trainers come to you live and coach you for the duration of the session. I've personally taken a few of these classes and I've never felt so inspired and accomplished in a workout session. They'll leave you both on the floor in exhaustion and with a drenched shirt. There are still slots available for online classes, so head over to injitsu.com slash richardlistens to get your first class free. That's I-N-J-I-T-S-U dot com slash richardlistens. Take care, everyone.